We welcome you to another edition of the Brattlecast, where we talk about rare old books, books out of print, collections of all kinds, and everything about reading that you can imagine. And it's all thanks to this gentleman right here, Kenneth Gloss, the proprietor of the Brattle Bookshop at 9 West Street in Boston. I'm Jordan Rich, and I hang out with this man. And today, a real exciting opportunity to see something historic, and you're holding it in your hands. Well, I'm holding it, and normally you would look at this and say, it's a piece of junk. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's an old book. Yeah. That I'll give it. It's Theron and Aspasio, or a series of dialogues and letters upon the most important and interesting subjects in three volumes by James Hervey. Uh, Well, one of the problems is we only have volume three. Uh, We don't have the other two volumes. It's the third edition. It is old. It it was done in... uh, 1755. Uh, so mm-hmm. it, so it's an it's an old book, and you look at it, and normally I'd look at something like this and go, who cares? <laughs> uh, but I got a call from somebody, and they, they said they had this book, and it's a family story, and uh, they were interested in the, the value and uh, possibly selling it. Well, there's an interesting little, at the top of the title page, in the right, upper right-hand corner, there's this person named John Hancock uh, in 1759 who signed his name to it. And by the way, looks a little bit like the signature we're all familiar with. It, it's well, it, it, looks a it lot is. Like it. And, and when Hancock, uh, as he progressed, the, the there's a little squiggle line underneath yeah. it that changed slightly over the years. Now, in 1759, he was 22 years old. But the real story that the family had behind this book is the person who gave the book to him was Thomas Jefferson. So, uh, but there are ways actually to tell how Jefferson uh, had books. And I don't know if I can find the page exactly. Um, Yeah, I can can show you. At the bottom of a page here, all of you listers, look closely, there's a little H4. Okay. Uh, And what this is, is when they bound the book, that's the way it it was alphabetically as to how the folded pages got put into the binding. Oh, okay. So that's what that was explaining. In Jefferson's book, in the I uh, one, because J was harder to do, he would always write a little T in ink next to the I. So it would be essentially TJ. And as you oh. went up to J, he would write a T, uh, he would write, uh, a T after it. So he, uh, he put his little own, his own little know, mark on it. He put his own little mark oh, on it. So that God. was one of the things that I was looking for because this is a book that has value. It, it's uh, probably in the few thousand dollar range. If this was given, if this was a book from Thomas Jefferson's library, forget about Hancock. We won't totally forget about mm-hmm. Hancock. It would probably be a thirty or forty thousand dollar book. Thomas Jefferson had a huge library, and Thomas Jefferson also was always in debt. Uh, he had he spent beyond his means, but the uh, Library of Congress bought his library, paid a very substantial amount of money back in the early time of our country when they were first uh, having a library for Congress. That, there, there was a fire. Almost all the books got burnt up. 
uh, the War of 1812 back back in in that period. Almost all those books got burnt up. There's a project to try to replace the books with the exact editions. Obviously, not the ones from Jefferson's library, but they have lists. They're trying to replace some of that. The other thing, though, that he did give books to friends, colleagues, or they borrowed them and maybe forgot to return occasionally. So there are books from Thomas Jefferson's library out there. Uh, But, you know, you look for that mocking, and and the family story is this, this is what it is. And if this was a Thomas Jefferson book that he gave to John Hancock, even if John Hancock had taken the book from him and signed his name, and you could see Thomas Jefferson's signature or mocking on it, and you'd be talking 50 70 maybe even $100,000. Prob- oh, okay, I have a question for you, yeah. uh, and you're the expert. So you know this about Jefferson's work, about the, the signature that's very— I would never notice that, obviously. Yeah. But this is something that you, as the expert, know going in. So you're sort of always on the hunt for this if you're in that well, area? Well, no. The, the reality was the family said this was part of Jefferson's Oh, so you library. learned this from the— The, the, the people oh. who called. In other words, this was their family story. Oh, I see. It was obvious the John Hancock part, but it was the family story and tradition that this book had been given to Hancock. So this family was New England, right? This Somebody. was a New England family. Wow. and and, uh, and there are And there are families who I absolutely know uh, were related to Jefferson and had a lot of his papers and documents— most of them got donated to the Massachusetts Historical Society. I'll give a plug-in for them. Isn't uh, some of his work at the Athenaeum, the Boston Athenaeum? Uh, uh, Washington. Washington. Oh, that's Washington, Washington stuff. Washington. Right, Most right. of it, I mean, at the, the, at the Massachusetts Historical Society, they have, you know, the logbooks from Monticello. They have all the drawings Jefferson did. They have a drafts of the Declaration of Independence, handwritten mm. drafts with John Adams's uh, notes in the <laughs> margins. I mean, so, the, the, you know, the fact that there's Jefferson material around New England is not unusual. Interesting. But how do you prove that story? You, you look for, so when the person called up, I actually did some research and I said, mm. okay, how do you tell a book from Jefferson? That's one of the ways, and it's pretty clear cut. So. That wasn't there. And the fact that John Hancock signed it, really, he just put his name in it so people would know it's his book. Exactly. (laughs) And he put the date in it. But one of the things that I did after I did all this research about Thomas Jefferson, um, you know, really wanting it to be the family. Yeah. uh, But anytime you get a family story, oh, this was so-and-so's book. This was that. This was – you always – Wonder, especially when the story's been going on through the generations. They they have a, a way of changing. That's true. But probably one of the simplest things would have been, and and I figured, I thought of this after the fact, this book was, John Hancock, it was 1759. Uh, Jefferson was born in 1843. So he would have yeah, been— I mean 1743. 1740. So he would have been 16 years old. Oh, so it, the chances of Jefferson having this book, these libraries, making all these marks, right. knowing and giving it to John Hancock at the time, is without all of the other 
real research and doing the dates just don't make sense. So they're a little less than twenty years from the Declaration of Independence, right? Seventeen fifty nine, you said. Yeah, seventeen fifty. Right, so it's fifteen years or so, sixteen years from the Declaration. Yeah. But Jefferson was only sixteen. Yeah, at the and, time. and and he was only seventeen. No, Hancock was 22. Oh, I'm sorry. He was the old man at 22. But Jefferson was that age. Yeah, so it makes no sense that he would have been with Hancock at that time in 1750s. It's remarkable. And one of the things that makes you realize it's still a valuable book because it has Hancock's signature. But anytime you have a family story— they can be really difficult to authenticate. Mm. And even if you believe that it's true, if you're selling it based on that story, then the person who's buying it, if they ever sell it, they're one removed. And if they that person sells it— Does it stop with the, with the appraisal by a professional in this case? It, 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 it can, but also you really have to have evidence. And also— the other thing that comes up with a lot of the stories and the person who is selling it, let's bring it into baseball terms because I like it. Sure. Let's say somebody says, I have the 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 home run that Roger Mar- – well, not the 70, but I have a home run that was an important home run maybe 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, it's to their advantage to say that. So you've got to really authenticate it, even if you know. But unless there's a picture of them out there catching that particular baseball, you can't prove it. Even if it's the player saying, I caught this ball and this is it. If it's their story, it's to their advantage to say that. So you need the absolute proof that it is what it is, whether it be a story. So basically what you want to do is only pay for the story if it's 100% identifiable. I had a lady recently, she walked, worked on a famous ship. I won't say which one, but it, it might still be one of the oldest ships ever in the uh, Navy and still be Part of the Navy. I think I might have an idea. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 but in any case, she worked on it, and there was a lot of the lumber and so on that the museums and so on didn't keep, and she has some of that. And, and I had to say to some degree, well, it's a piece of wood. You have to – I'm I absolutely sure that it is the piece of wood that she says the piece of wood is. Right. But I said to her, if someone buys this from you, how do they say – because they can't even say they worked on it. And then if someone buys it from them – and a, a lot of times when you get something like that, uh, no matter how you get it, whether you say it was going to be thrown away, disposed or so on, uh, unless you have some sort of absolute authenticity with it, it's uh, it's a very tricky situation. That, that's sort of special, as opposed to I'm going to be just throwing this out there. The hit, remember the Hitler diaries that were a phony, and everybody bought into it for a couple of months or so, and then they unearthed it as a yeah. phony. But that's at least a case where you have uh, evidence that somebody didn't do it. Yeah. You know? well, well, but in a case like the 
the piece of wood, you, you, you're just going on faith, I well, guess. Yeah, and, and, Unless you do DNA samples or... Well, you, if, but I don't think you can do that right now with, no. with that. But yeah, a lot of that is with this, it's a great book, it's, but the, the, the stories that go with things, and there's always family stories. And to be quite honest... There are times when there are stories that I've told so many times and I've told versions of the story so many times that I've said, is that really how it happened? But it's a much better story that way anyway. <laughs> and, and sometimes even the person telling it, if it's a, if it's a long ago, it changes yeah. a little over time. I, so I have one more important question and only because it's John Hancock and everyone in the world knows that signature. Authenticating a signature – is that something that you've had to do? This is well. I obviously I paid and bought. You you yeah. But a lot of times, what I'll do even on that is you, you always take a chance. And what I'll do sometimes on something like this is I might have one of my colleagues look it over also, and just for my yeah. own reassurance. Yeah. Now, if if the colleague says you're wrong, well, I'm out what I paid for the book. But you know, over the years, you see enough of it. You check, you do your best uh, that you can, and uh, I'm pretty confident on this. I wouldn't have bought it. But getting someone else to say yes, or even if they're willing to let me say, oh, so-and-so said this is right too, um, it's, it's a, you know, it helps in getting a second opinion well, on a lot of things is good. I'm impressed to see John Hancock's signature not on the – sign at Fenway Park, the John Hancock insurance <laughs> sign, but actually in front of me, a foot away from my eyeballs. That was very impressive. Well, Ken. you got to touch the book, too. I but, got to touch it. But again, the John Hancock, it's there. It's definite. Yeah. The story about leading to Jefferson probably isn't right, but probably in this family, it had been a story for well over 100, 150 it's a, years. It's a good story. It's a good story, it's a good story. exactly. For more good stories, go to brattlebookshop.com. And, of course, the Brattlecast rolls on with hundreds of episodes, and you'll lose yourself in there uh, at times, and that's a good thing. So, Ken, we'll see you next time. Be well. Absolutely, and I'll have more stories. <laughs> True or not. True or not.